A swing and a long drive. Left center field. Way back to the track. To the ball. Grand slam. Diaz. The Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show is presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Bringing a ground ball off the pitcher's up to the second baseman. Got him. A complete game. 5 nothing shutout for Adam Wainwright. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby with the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show. Presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. Chris Raby with you this week along with Mike Claiborne and Tom Ackerman. The final edition of the program as the Cardinals open their season on Sunday at Bush Stadium against the Chicago Cubs. We've got an exciting show for you today. The skipper Mike Matheny will be with us. We'll hear from Yadier Molina and Matt Adams, former Cardinals Willie McGee, and Keith Hernandez. Plus, we'll get a security update from Phil Melcher and hear about an exciting exciting Cardinals fantasy camp that's hitting the road with Joe Pfeiffer. All of that and more for the final show as we get ready for baseball on Sunday. John Rooney joins us to open up Cardinals countdown to opening day presented by Ameren Sunday evening, the Cardinals and the Cubs. John, how are you? I'm doing fine, Chris. I'm ready for this to get started finally. Yeah, we sure are. The Cardinals make it through spring training. And, you know, aside from Alex Reyes at the beginning of the spring, which seems like ages to go because it is, uh, coming out relatively, I guess, uh, injury-free and really surprise-free. Would you agree with that? Well, I hope so. I hope that uh, Lance Lynn can be able to take his turn in good shape and that John Gant will be able to get to the AAA roster and uh, get ready for backup because you're going to need backup with your pitching. I don't care who you are and uh, what team. Uh, I guess the Cubs last year were pretty lucky overall where they only had a couple of problems was Schwarber and uh, Dexter Fowler was there to fill in nicely. And then they had some problems with Ron Doan, but uh, they really fixed up their bullpen come the trade deadline. But teams are going to have injuries. You're going to need pitching. And Lance Lynn and John Gant uh, tweaking some things on the same day, that wasn't a very comfortable day in the spring. Other than that, uh, you hope that Stephen Piscotty can keep on rolling. He looks like he's right there about to break out. Matt Adams looks like he's ready to go for the start of the season. We don't know what kind of outfielder he'll be because they don't seem to hit him the ball out there. But he's going to give that a try from time to time in left field. So there have been a lot of good things to come out of the spring. And we saw some very good young players in the process. And I know the fans are going to enjoy them in Memphis and in Springfield. And then the Cardinal fans will enjoy them when they come up here to the big league level. And I don't think many of them are that far away. Lance scheduled to get an outing in in Florida tomorrow. If all goes well, he could start uh, the second game uh, next week against the Chicago Cubs. John, your impressions of the rotation through spring, and and what are you watching the last week or two of spring as it pertains to the starting pitchers? Well, I just want to see them uh, go out there and and be repetitive, keep the ball down, throw strikes, and uh, try to economize on their pitches and and uh, get into the fifth, sixth inning. And then we'll see if they can get into the sixth and the seventh and build up uh, beyond that in the regular season. I also like to see the bullpen fall in place. And I think right now that's beginning to take shape. Jonathan Broxick came in in the eighth inning of a game against Houston earlier in the week, and he uh, fell behind in the count, got into some trouble, but got out of it with a double play ball. That will basically be his role in the seventh and the eighth. Kevin Segris looked good uh, his last outing, and then uh, we'll see what Trevor Rosenthal can do. Uh, it's all designed to get the ball to the closer, Somano, and we'll see if he's the closer the whole year. If he is, I think the Cardinals are in pretty good shape, but they do have people who have experience doing that. And Matt Bowman had a good year last year. I like what I see of Matt Bowman this spring. So 
So from the starting rotation getting lined up, I like to see the bullpen lined up as well. You get off to a good start with those two areas, and if the starters can keep the work for the bullpen to a reasonable amount week by week, then I think we're going to have a fun year. You know, you mentioned John Gant, and uh, fingers crossed that uh, he's fine and will not have any delay to open the season. But with the 25-man roster set, with a couple of guys in Tyler Lyons, Marco Gonzalez, Coming back from injury, you look at the guys that didn't make the bullpen, some of the tough decisions that had to be made, someone like Ryan Sheriff, who pitched so well. Some of the guys the Cardinals have both in AA or AAA. How would you describe the kind of depth they have within their pitching, John? Well, it's hard to tell. Let's see what they do when they come up to the big leagues, and, and I think undoubtedly they're going to get a chance because of either ineffectiveness or injuries. Uh, every organization goes through that, and uh, we're going to see those other organizations' pitchers as well. But we'll see these guys in a reasonable amount of time, and let's hope they get their feet on the ground down at the minor league level and keep doing what they've been doing. It's no disappointment to have to start out at the minor league level for the young pitchers. I'm sure they'd love to be on the major league roster right now, but they'll be here in due time, and they were able to display what they could do in spring training, and I'm certainly that will bode well when it's time for a call-up and they'll get the appropriate pitcher in the appropriate spot. But I think they did a nice job. Uh, there were some good young pitchers we saw, uh, Contra looks like he needs to uh, work on his command and, and just uh, get better and better and better, and he'll probably be here sooner than later. But uh, he's, still, he's still climbing the ladder right along with some of the other guys. But what I see out of the bullpen, uh, it's experience. I see experience in the starting rotation. Mike Leak looks like he's a lot stronger than he was at the end of the year last year. So right now this team that is riding on pitching, it looks like it can get off to a good start if it all lines up. Six months after making his Major League debut after nearly 10 years in the minors, Jose Martinez breaks camp with the Cardinals, makes their opening day roster. We've all seen him hit outside of the bat. What does he bring to the table in your eyes, John? Well, he can play some first base and play some outfield, but uh, it's the bat that makes it work, Chris. Uh, he's available off the bench late in the ballgame. He can uh, spell some people in the outfield by playing left or right. As I say, he can play first base a lot like his dad, uh, Carlos Martinez, who played for the White Sox and the Indians. Uh, he's a versatile guy in that regard, but he does know how to hit. Where do you find a bat like that off the bench late in the game? Uh, a lot of those uh, types of players are in a lineup somewhere in the major leagues. So I think it's very good that he made the team another bat like that uh, from the left side. Matt Adams is available. And he can play first base and hopefully a little bit in the outfield. But to bring that bat off the bench in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning, uh, that's going to bother uh, even some of the best of closers in baseball. And the way uh, Martinez turned uh, Aroldis Chapman around in a game with the Cubs last year, I think that got everybody's attention. And he just carried that on into spring training and started hitting and did not stop. And I'm glad to see he made the team. Kind of makes you wonder if he was just a victim of circumstances, perhaps, because a complete professional who hit at every single level he was at. And you just wonder if it's one of those things, if it's a number crunch, why he never got an opportunity and the Cardinals got a little lucky, perhaps, taking him off Kansas City's hands. Man, maybe, whatever the circumstance, uh, somebody didn't like him enough to bring him up to the major league level, even after he won a batting title. Kansas City was going for it all that year and uh, won the World Series the year he won the batting title. But you'd think they'd bring that guy up on a September call-up. You have a spot. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't, but I'm glad the Cardinals are bringing him north right now. Well, we'll know what the Cardinals have pretty early on because it is the Cubs to open things up and then a road trip uh, after the Cincinnati Reds are in town where you'll see Washington and New York. So pretty quick start where you'll see uh, a couple of the premier teams, at least on paper at this point in the National League, John. 
Well, just play them. Uh, take the old Mike Matheny uh, adage, play them and try to win every day. And just looking at the schedule, Cincinnati at Bush Stadium for two weekends in the month of April. That's very rare. That kind of thing happens before the Cardinals ever go to Cincinnati. But they're going to see top competition throughout. The Cardinals always get everybody's best effort. And now with the Cubs winning, they're going to find out what that's like because uh, nobody will be surprised by them. Hey, John, before we let you go, I've enjoyed asking people about opening day here in St. Louis. And as we get ready for another one, this time the Cardinals opening the season at home uh, for the first time in years. Uh, what's your favorite part of, of everything that goes into one of, I think, uh, the most special days, not just in St. Louis, but really in all of baseball? Uh, what is it that, that you love about the day and, and maybe a particular favorite memory of yours? Well, I, I like the crowd. I always like the crowds, and uh, we have big crowds all the time at Bush Stadium and play before big crowds on the road. But it's the excitement level, and, and you, you don't really get that hang on every pitch feeling until you get toward the end of the season if you're in the running or in October for postseason. You kind of get that feel opening day as you usher in a new season. And when the Clydesdales come through the wagon gate in right field, I still get goosebumps watching that as I've seen that many, many, many years now. But it never gets old. And to see the Hall of Famers and then the players in their parade uh, coming around the track and being introduced, uh, it's a great ceremony to kick off the season. And after that, it's a matter of working into the routine and then going about it day by day, trying to win a division and trying to win a National League pennant. And that's why we're here. So let's get it started in good good, uh, style and grand fashion and have a great time on Sunday night. Can't wait. John, we'll see you at the ballpark on Sunday. Thank you much. Okay, Chris. Subscribe to Cardinals Magazine and receive two free tickets to a Monday through Thursday home game in 2017. Order now at 314-345-9000 or cardinals.com slash magazine. When we come back, Keith Hernandez on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back to the Cardinals Radio Network. We are joined by a former Cardinal and a world champion. Keith Hernandez is with us in the booth in Port St. Lucie, Florida, the home of the New York Mets. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. The spring training's over just about. So <laughs> it is. Let's just get the season going. Let's get this thing going. How are the Mets going to be? They look like they have a good veteran presence for sure. I think they're going to be fine. Uh, I don't think that our division uh, is uh, It's going to be between us and Washington. Uh, I don't Philadelphia's rebuilding. Atlanta is coming on pretty strong, but they're still. I don't think they're going to be quite there. And Miami, of course, I think is not is not going to have too good a year. So it's going to be another two horse race. I really like our team. Uh, we got, like you said, we got a mixture of veterans and young players. We got an outstanding rotation, pitching rotation. A little worried about the bullpen, but uh, I, I think all in all that our team uh, is ready to win. They have that strong rotation, and Terry Collins is really one of the last of the. Old school managers, the old guard. How's he doing? He's doing great. Uh, I'm happy for him. You know, he's he treats us great, and uh, you know, he went through a lot of lean years, so the re- the rebuilding years, and uh, they, they stayed with him. I'm glad they've been to a World Series where they lost, and they got in the playoffs last year, postseason back to back. So, I really feel that the management and the coaching staff and the players uh, feel like this is their the year for them to win. I mean, I, I can just sense a little more determination. In the, in the clubhouse, the, all the young kids that are there now have established themselves. They feel like major leaguers. They've had a taste of a World Series. Uh, so um, that's the best I felt about this team going north. You are doing games on SNY and uh, television for the New York Mets. Is, 
I'm very popular. In fact, I'm back home watching. I find myself watching Met games quite a bit. I, I think it's uh, you have a great crew. I really enjoy watching you and Ron and everybody else that participates. Well, I think that we're fortunate that we have Gary Cohn as our play, uh, play-by-play, and I think it was a wise idea to have Ronnie, who pretty much handles the, the pitching and I handle the offensive end and the defense. So we have uh, two uh, points of view there. We have expertise from Ronnie in the pitching and uh, hopefully expertise from me when it comes to hitting and playing in the field. (laughs) Well, and you did that very well. You hit well, you're a batting champion, and many will tell you the best fielding first baseman that they've ever seen, and I would go in that category. Watching you as a youngster growing up playing for the Cardinals, there weren't any better. What You took a lot of pride in both. Did you carry – we hear this a lot, that you sometimes you'll carry things that happen to you in the field to the plate and at the plate to the field. Did that happen? Um, I think I – you know, I can't remember back when I was young and trying to establish myself because I didn't – you know, it took me around three years to get going in the big on the big league level. I was up when I was 20 years old, um, and I struggled the first couple, two and a half, three years. Uh, I don't know at that point if it affected my play, but I always took pride in my fielding. And I remember my father, who was uh, you know my teacher, uh, basically saying, uh, if you can field your position when you get older and you get out there, when you go in a slump, a manager is going to be less inclined to take you out of the lineup because you help also in the field. So we were always taught as a young age to set, try to, to separate the two. And really, there's really nothing to it. I mean, you just you go out, erase it once you're out in the field just focus on okay who's up here comes the pitch i'm ready to field how many men are on base how many outs the balls hit to me where am i what am i going to do with it that's all that's all pre-planned every pitch uh so if the balls hit to you you know you already well in advance know what you're going to do you're in anticipation of the play what was it like playing for whitey herzog what did he do best to put you in the best position to win (coughs) well i think (coughs) excuse me that whitey uh was probably the best field general that I've ever played for. And, you know, as a everyday player, I never paid attention to managers and the moves. I had the focus, and that's for the bullpen and the, and the bench players. Uh, but with Whitey, it was so obvious what he was doing. He did things that were uh, uh, just stuck out in my mind. You couldn't help but notice. Uh, he was a big you know, reason why we won, and, and uh, he turned it around. We were kind of a team in transition. We were young, and uh, he brought some guys with him here, made some, made some changes. You know, tailored our team to the ballpark, and um, uh, he gave leadership when he came over. He really took charge of the ball club right from day one of spring training, his first spring training, and gave us a purpose. And I think that was critical, and we needed we needed someone. I mean, but athletes, I want to play for a guy that's uh, that that that's a strong personality and uh, engages his players and you know if you screw up in the field or, or he's not satisfied with you I didn't mind if they got on me um, you, you need that so Whitey was certainly that so uh, as I said I've always said he's the best manager I've ever played for and what a great architect of baseball teams he went out of his way to make sure that he acquired Ozzie Smith and he'll tell you if he doesn't do that they don't do what they do in 82 but everybody on that team had such a great specific role and then Bruce Suter I mean it was just a complete baseball team really was the 82 team was a fighting team well if you remember all the trades he made prior when we at one point had raleigh fingers and bruce Suter, 
So he kind of loaded up and was able to make trades. You know, the trades he made to Milwaukee made Milwaukee a world championship team that we wound up playing against, ironically, in 82. <laughs> we could send Vukovic and Simmons mm-hmm. to them and Fingers, but Fingers missed that, uh, that World Series in 82 because of injury. Uh, I'm sure he would have been a very important factor in that series. But uh, uh, the people we got, uh, it, was a, it was the fun team to play with because we were quick. Uh, we played fundamental ball. We had a lot of speed. We had a very, very good bullpen, extremely strong bullpen. And with Joaquin as the ace, our starting rotation was probably average, but the bullpen was so solid. And if we got it to Bruce, you know, in the end, it was over. It was lights out. You had John Stuper starting for you in game six, that rain-delayed game, which you hit a home run, and yep. Cardinals won the game 13-1. It was just that was an 82 Cardinals moment right there. Down 3-2 in the series, and John Stuper and the Cardinals roll over the Brewers. Uh, John Stuper up against Hall of Fame pitcher Don Sutton. We beat Don Sutton twice in that series. He was 0-2. We beat him game two. Porter hit the line drive down the left field line, the double. That was a deciding run in that game late in the game. Uh, he never hit a ball down the left field line the whole season. And then, uh, of course, we, uh, we, got, we got a hold of uh, Sutton. I hit a two-run home run off of him. And we were up early on him. And mid, you know, 6 nothing. we blew that game out. Uh, but Stuper, going into that game, we were down 3-2 to two with Stuper on the mound. I was a little bit nervous. You know, Stuper against Sutton? I mean, come on, a guy with 300 wins? And John goes out there and pitches a, a beautiful game. It's remarkable to think that that was this year. It's going to be 35 years since the uh, oh, that's right, 82 world champions. You know, in St. Louis, we celebrate all of those. I mean, 82, 85, every five years is a big celebration and we look forward to that i remember recently you receiving uh, induction into the st louis sports hall of fame i had the honor of interviewing you on stage that night and i know that that meant something to you to be recognized in that town i mean you're very much aligned with new york you spend so much time and have and such a great new york met and those teams were a blast world champion in 86 but what was it like for you to be part of that St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame? Well, it meant a lot to me. I grew up a Cardinal fan, you know, so everybody knows in St. Louis that my dad, during the war, uh, was over in the Navy uh, in the ship repair unit at Pearl Harbor, and Stan came in 1945, and so Stan, as a kid, always left his tickets at Candlestick in San Francisco. So I was a Cardinal fan since uh, five, six years old. So number one, to get drafted by the Cardinals, then play for the Cardinals, and then play in... Uh, a world bring a world championship home. It, it, it meant a lot to me to be be, be inducted uh, with all the great players and all the tradition of St. Louis Cardinal baseball. We look forward to having you in St. Louis. Can't wait till you get back. And I know that uh, these two will be in contention. I mean, it will be. Yep. There's no doubt. Who else do you see before we let Keith Hernandez go? Just in the National League, how do you see? it playing out. I mean, the well, Cubs are clearly the best. Uh, club Cubs are going to have the, the leg up on everybody, but it's hard to repeat. You never know. Uh, Washington, it's going to be the same cast of characters. I'm not real fond of the, what the Dodgers bring out there. Uh, I'm not impressed. You never know with the Giants. They always find a way uh, to win and be in the hunt. They made some moves. Their bullpen last year was just uh, awful, but they made some moves. They got Melanson. Uh, they're going to be something to, 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 to contend with. They, they play good old-fashioned baseball. They play good solid fundamentals. They're not going to wow you with a lot of home runs. They just get the job done. Well, I look forward to it. Always good to see you. Thanks for seeing us today and for stopping by and spending some time with us. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to coming to St. Louis. I think we play you, what, in June? Uh, We go to New York in July 
July 17th through the 20th. This is turning into a great interview. It is, isn't it? <laughs> this is what, this is what broadcasters blind. do. i got to put my uh, July 7th through the 9th. So Perfect. they're actually right next to each other. That's right. Perfect. Get set for the season with your new Cardinals gear. On Friday, April 7th, 30,000 fans ages 16 and older will receive a lightweight hooded pullover, courtesy of AT&T. Get your tickets at cardinals.com slash promotions. Yadier Molina with Mike Claiborne next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. We have a chance to visit Cardinal catcher Yadier Molina. And, man, you have been busy from day one of this year getting involved with the World Baseball Classic. I want to ask you about that first. How much fun was that? Because it appeared you were having the time of your life. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was a great time, you know, spending time with uh, the young guys like Correa and um, Lindor and Baez, um, Barrios. I mean, all those guys, I mean, they're, they're amazing to watch. It was an honor to be on the same field with them. Um, we did good. I mean, the chemistry was outstanding. Everybody was with no ego. Everybody was with one goal. Tried to win win the tournament. And when when you mentally, when you on the right track, when everybody's like that, thinking the same way, I mean, good thing happened. That's why that's our case. You guys spent a lot of time together leading up to it, and obviously you played against a lot of these guys. Was there any one moment for you where you knew this was going to be something special? I think that um, in Mexico, you know, we we the first game, like right right in the get go. I mean, we we scored 11 runs against a good team, Venezuela, good team. Uh, we we only played seven innings there um, in the first game, and then after that, it was. Nice out. I mean, we we dominate the whole the whole series. Um, we click. I mean, like the chemistry was good. I mean, everybody, like I said, everybody was uh, concentrated about winning. I mean, they didn't care if they hit, but I mean, they just want to win the game. And um, everybody in the lineups start thinking that way, and we got success. You know, this is an opportunity for you for the, to catch another staff. What was that like? What do you take away from that? Did you learn anything? Because you've been catching the same guys for a long time here, but when you go out and catch somebody else, what's the biggest difference for you? Uh, the communication part. I mean, obviously, when you when you catching a guy for the first time, um, you want to get to know them. Um, with Lugo, with Steph, I mean, he's a great guy. I mean, great pitcher. He got a pretty good idea what he's doing. Uh, it was easy. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't that hard. I mean, it was easy to catch them because I mean they they got idea what they like to throw. Um, for me, I mean, I just basically saying just try to hit my spot. That's that's advice you are giving. Don't don't leave anything in the middle. Just try to hit my spot. And you're seeing the ball as well as I've seen Yadier Molina see the ball at this time of the year. Do anything different? Is it because you saw more professional pitchers during the World Baseball Classic where you can get your timing and your stroke down? Well, I mean, I, I was I was lucky enough to spend two two weeks with um, Candido Maldonado, with uh, Carlos Delgado, Juan Gonzalez, Robbie Alomar, um, Alex Cora, Carlos Beltran for two weeks. You know, so you had to learn. Yeah, you had to learn something for that. So. But yeah, I mean, just listen to them. I'm talking about healing. I mean, you, you you just pay attention. I mean, you you just hear everything. I mean, you're trying to figure out how how those talk can help you during the season. 
and something get me up, you know, like something hit me and I'm just trying to figure it out right now. Um, right now, I feel good at the play, obviously, obviously it's going to be up and down and it's a long season, but and the more you believe in yourself, the more you can be on the, on the high level. Speaking of the season, it's here and uh, everybody's excited about this year. What do you like about this team? Because it's a little bit of a different look. Uh, maybe the chemistry's different, but maybe chemistry is something that builds over the course of the year. But as you look at it on the surface, what do you like about this ball club? Well, I mean, uh, I love everything about it. I mean, obviously, you know, last year was different, like you said. But this year, we the, right now, really feel that the different chemistry is different. Uh, and obviously we got talent last year we, we got talent too but I mean like I said the important part to uh, to win game is the chemistry if we together we think in the same direction I mean nothing can stop us uh, right now I feel that way right now I feel that way right now everybody's pushing and everybody's like care about the other ones so hopefully we stay like that you know watching Carlos Martinez you knew him when he was a thrower now he's a legitimate pitcher how, how much fun is that for you to watch these young guys grow into being some of the best pitchers in the game right now and you being part of that. It's great. It's great to watch them. I mean obviously you 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 you're here for a long time and then you see him like, like a kid the first day and then right now he got like two years. And the way he's he's grow up, I mean it's amazing to watch Carlo pitching. Not only Carlo, the other guy, Michael Wagon, I mean um, Rosie Rosendo. I mean, all, all those guys over there, I mean, you watching when they come up, and right now the the, the accomplishment and, and the, the talent that they have and the confidence they have is amazing to watch. Is that one of the things that keeps it fun for you to be able to show up? I know you love to play, but is that one of the things you like to do is watch kids grow and, and know that if they listen to you, all the things you've been able to do, all the things you've learned, if they listen to you and you pass it on to them, that they'll have the success that you hope that they can have and certainly they hope that they can have? That's the idea, you know. You, I mean, I wish, um, I've been in the league for many years. I've been, I play a lot of games, so I'm just trying to help in any any way I can. Um, but yeah, I, I love to teach. I love to talk to them. Uh, I, love, I love to see them success. Um, uh, it's fun when, when those guys listen and they, they put the talent and, and the mind together. I mean, it's amazing what they can do. I know everybody's asking you about your contract and your situation, so I just got one question because I don't want to negotiate your deal. I could, but I would let somebody else do it. Uh, you said some things, and you're not afraid of what could happen beyond this, but I know your heart's in St. Louis, but you understand this is a business like everybody else. Is that the way you feel about this? Um, I don't want to talk about my contract. You know, obviously my agent is taking care mm -hmm. of, and they 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 doing a good job. You know, I don't want to say anything bad. I mean, I don't have. I, mean, I got nothing bad to say for St. Louis. I mean, I, I love the city. I love the organization. I mean, they treat me real well here. Uh, I would love to stay here. Like I said you know, many times before. I mean, obviously this is the business. They treat you know they treat like a business. I understand that. But don't blame me if I treat it like a business too, you know. I had to take care of my family too. But but like I said, I mean I would love to I would love to stay here. I mean finish my career here. That's my goal. Obviously obviously we can we can reach agree something, you know, because I mean it would be a lot for, for them, it would be a lot for me. Final question for you. Um, 
it seems like it was yesterday that you were on those backfields here in Roger Dean Stadium and, and God rest his soul, Dave Ricketts once said he thought you could be one of the greatest ever. You ever think about those days when you first got here to, to Florida and you were on those backfields and you watch these young kids walk off the field now saying, you know, I used to be there. Yeah, every time. I mean, every time I got my feet on the on the air. Um, every time I, I like to think that I'm, I'm still there because uh, that that way I, I can work motivate motivate me uh, to work hard and hard. Always see always see when you when you you spend more time in the building. Sometimes you get you get a little lazy. Mm -hmm. I mean that's not my case. My case is to work hard and sometimes. I think I'm I'm still here. I need to do. Uh, I gotta make my team. I gotta make the team. So don't don't get control. So uh, every time I I see those young kids going over there, uh, I remind myself, you know, like going over there. But let me tell you something. I'm, if I can make it to a building, this guy could make it to a building. Any anyone can make it to a building. I mean, if you like to work hard, if you work hard, you. Guarantee you want to make an ability. So instead of working hard, you also work smart at this stage of your career. That's right. I mean, you have to take care of yourself. And, um, that's that's where I am right now. I'm working hard, but at the same time, you have you, you got to take care of yourself too. The caps and t-shirt business is going well. We need to let everybody know where they can find it. <laughs> yeah, you can you can get those t-shirts probably in two weeks. Um, in my in my. M4Bayadi.com. You can get in and buy whatever you want. The Cardinals Kids Club, presented by Rawlings, is the exclusive fan club for Cardinals fans age 13 and under. Tremendous membership benefits include two tickets to a 2017 Cardinals home game, an invite to a members-only autograph party at Bush Stadium, and much more. For more information, visit cardinals.com slash kidsclub. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. Chris Raby with you on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. And as we get set for another season, an event that is absolutely unbelievable coming up in July. You know all about Fantasy Camp, but the Cardinals are taking the 2017 July Fantasy Camp to Cooperstown in Doubleday Field. And joining us from the Cardinals, Joe Pfeiffer, the Director of Account Services, Corporate Sales and Marketing. Joe, how are you? Happy almost opening day. Oh, thank you, Chris. We're, we're doing well. Getting ready for Sunday night. Yeah, it's going to be great. And folks are so excited about this Cooperstown Fantasy Camp. We've had you on to talk about Fantasy Camp before, both in St. Louis and down in Jupiter. But you're taking it on the road, and you're taking it to the best baseball city besides St. Louis in America. So how did this come about, and how did you guys decide uh, and and how were you able to make this happen the uh, fantasy camp July 7th through the 9th in Cooperstown yeah well we're, you're right we usually are talking about uh, a Bush Stadium camp uh, getting ready for one this summer but uh, in dialogue last summer uh, with uh, our Hall of Famer shortstop Ozzy Smith uh, he informed me that he's now on the um, the board for the National Baseball Hall of Fame and uh, we were talking um, on Cardinals Hall of Fame weekend actually uh, last August and we just started brainstorming and, and thinking about uh, unique ideas with him in that role. And, and out of that meeting came this concept, um, a Cooperstown fantasy camp at Doubleday Field, and uh, with him being the face of that experience. And that led into the offseason and dialogue with uh, the village of Cooperstown and the folks that run Doubleday Field and, and actually come to find out the Baltimore, Baltimore Orioles have been running a uh, fantasy camp tournament for about two decades uh, in Cooperstown, the only other team doing one, and uh, have had a ton of success and just a great partnership with the Village of Cooperstown and the National Baseball Hall of Fame, and and we are thrilled uh, 
to be providing our fan base that opportunity this year. So tell folks a little bit about uh, the Fantasy Camp experience and then how the normal Fantasy Camp experience, I shouldn't say normal, there's nothing normal about it, but how that Fantasy Camp experience that you would have in Florida or St. Louis is going to translate to Doubleday Field and Cooperstown. Well, I think the Florida experience really is going to translate to Cooperstown. Uh, the, the neat thing about the Bush Stadium experience is the nostalgic opportunity to play baseball uh, in a Cardinals uniform with and against former Cardinals here at Bush Stadium. But the, the neat thing about Jupiter is the, the getaway feel to it. And that in, in the Cooperstown camp is going to have that getaway feel. People are going to fly into either Albany or Syracuse on uh, on July 6th, commute over to Cooperstown. And uh, from July 6th through July 9th, it's going to be a one-of-a-kind opportunity. It's going to be a four-team round-robin four, format over three days. Um, our list of Cardinals alumni is uh, as hard-hitting as I think we've ever put together for one of our camps. Ozzie Smith's obviously the face of the camp, um, but he's also going to manage one of our teams along with Dave LaPointe, John Tudor, and Tom Pagnazzi. So I'm excited about the four guys we have managing. Vince Coleman's going to be coming in, flying in from San Diego to be our celebrity coach uh, for the weekend. And we've got eight awesome players that are going to play alongside of our fantasy campers um, over the course of three days, and, and there'll be two on each team. And those guys are Brian Jordan, Jason Isringhausen, Rick Ankeel, Kyle McClellan, Larry Walker, Ryan Ludwig, Ray Langford, and Woody Williams. So it's it's a star-studded cast of Cardinals alumni that, that these guys are going to get to play with. And then uh, beyond the baseball experience, as far as on-field experience, um, off the field is going to be a one-of-a-kind VIP experience as well. Joe Pfeiffer with us again, the 2017 Cooperstown Fantasy Camp. It is at uh, Doubleday Field and in Cooperstown. Give us an idea before we let you go, Joe, uh, of some of the -the off-the-field stuff and and some of the experiences that folks will be able to take part in. Absolutely. So the first night, Thursday, July 6th, Chris, uh, we're going to have a private reception uh, for the campers, our guests, and, and, and one of their guests as well, if that's a spouse or another guest. And that's going to be a unique experience where we actually will do the draft announcements. So the four managers, Ozzy, Tudor, Pagnazzi, uh, and LaPointe, will actually announce their teams that evening um, in, a, in a special event that will be at the Otisaga Resort and Hotel, which is actually where uh, the Hall of Famers stay on induction weekend uh, in Cooperstown. So that's night one uh, on July 6th. The, the night of July 7th, after we play our first set of games at Doubleday Field, is going to be a unique team dinner uh, night out experience at four different restaurants in Cooperstown right right off of Main Street. Um, and then July 8th is really where people are going to be really excited about the experience. That evening after we play more games at Doubleday Field, um, we're going to have a, a private experience at the National Baseball Hall of Fame. The first hour will be in the uh, theater of the Hall of Fame, and the Hall of Fame staff will br- be bringing out uh, a variety of Cardinals artifacts and doing an interview with Ozzie Smith right there uh, for our group. And then the second uh, 90 minutes of the experience will actually be in the plaque gallery of the National Baseball Hall of Fame where uh, we'll have food and beverage uh, in in the actual plaque gallery. And then every single uh, camper and and one guest is going to have the opportunity to get their picture taken with Ozzie Smith at his plaque. Um, So you talk about a -a one-of-a-kind opportunity. I I think we've laid out the red carpet in our first year of doing this Cooperstown experience. And then we wrap up on Sunday, July 9th with our third place and championship games at Doubleday Field. And then the winner will walk away with our uh, newly designed 2017 Fantasy Camp Championship ring. So it's going to be a, 
uh, quite an experience over the course of four days. Fantasycamp at cardinals.com. That is where you need to send your email if you are interested. Fantasycamp at cardinals.com. It's the 2017 Cooperstown Fantasy Camp at Doubleday Field and in Cooperstown on sale now. Again, it's July 7th through the 9th. Email fantasycamp at cardinals.com. Joe Pfeiffer, appreciate it. What a wonderful, wonderful weekend to look forward to this summer, and we look forward to seeing you at the ballpark. See you on Sunday. I'll see you Sunday night. Thanks, Chris. We'll take a break and be back to wrap up this edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Visit the official online shop of the Cardinals at cardinals.com slash shop for the largest selection of authentic caps, t-shirts, jerseys, hoodies, collectibles, and more. Get your gear straight from the source at cardinals.com slash shop. One hour of the show in the books, one hour to go in this year of the Cardinals countdown to opening day presented by Ameren. Mike Matheny leads us off in our next segment. What does the skipper think as he closes spring training and gets ready to open the regular season on Sunday against the defending World Series champion Cubs here in St. Louis. We'll also talk with Matt Adams, the left-handed first baseman who's played a little outfield, figures to play a big role for the Cardinals this year. Willie McGee has been at Cardinals camp. We talk with the Cardinals legend about his impressions of this club and what he loves about giving back. All of that and more in the second hour of the program. It's coming up next. Chris Ramby, Mike Claiborne, and Tom Ackerman with you this week. Hour two of Cardinals Count Countdown to opening day presented by Ameren after this on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. A swing and a long drive. Left center field. Way back to the track. To the ball. Grand slam. Diaz. The Cardinals Countdown to opening day show is presented by Ameren on the Cardinals Radio Network. Swing and a ground ball off the pitcher's glove to the second baseman. Got him. A complete game. 5 nothing shutout. For Adam Wainwright. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby with the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Well, it's our final show for the spring, and we're going to visit with Cardinal manager Mike Matheny. First of all, Skipper, this was a, a very good camp as far as being able to stay healthy. Do you feel like you got everything accomplished as far as getting the work in? Yeah, Mike, I think so. I'm real happy with how the guys want how they came in. They came in in great shape, and when you do that, uh, you, you don't have to slow down on, on how you, you uh, plan your work. Uh, we were able to go at it right away. Many of them were down here early again. That's kind of become a, I think, just kind of a trend we're seeing. Our veteran players are down here and encouraging the younger guys. You know, if you don't have a great place to work out, come down here and uh, and get started. And that way, you know, we hit the road, hit the ground running when when the actual spring training starts. But the guys have worked hard. They've competed. Um, it's been fun to watch them play. I mean, there's only been a couple games that we weren't in and won a lot of games, and that's a great habit to start start right now and continue all the way through. Now, players go through a program where they're trying to learn about the game, their team, and everything, getting the swing down, making sure they get pitches in. What about managers? What about coaches? What do you try and come away from when you go to spring training? Uh, 25 really good players. Healthy. Um, yeah. <laughs> You know, health is the same thing you're going to hear every camp because it's really the deciding factor how you get started and how the season goes and keeping your guys healthy. And, you know, we had uh, a lot of things to really overcome when you look at Lance Lynn coming back, not knowing about a Michael Waka. I mean, all the way through, we've had guys like Peralta still coming back to get his strength and uh, real happy with where they are physically and, and then trying to get that timing, then get the confidence. I mean, it all kind of comes together. And, you know, for us as a staff, 
just build rapport, um, try to figure out what the guys need, what they've worked on, how we can help them improve, and take things to another level. You know, there's some teams that will break camp and they'll have a 25-man roster, but that doesn't mean the manager's comfortable with all 25 of them. This is a pretty good bench you've got coming into this season. A very good bench, and, and it's, a, it's a nice problem to have. Uh, what are we going to do with some of these very good players? And we're going to have to be creative. We're going to have to be able um, to think outside of the box a little bit to, how, to get guys repetitions that they need, uh, the repetitions they deserve. And, the, and also, while you do that, you're creating some rest to keep guys fresh. Um, you know, that we always have this grinding mentality in this game. Is, is part of the joy is just pushing every single day. And, and we love that. <clears throat> I think we're just building that trust with the players that there's some days that just aren't going to be your day, and we got to <clears throat> let the other guys get in there to keep them sharp. You can't expect your bench to be strong if they're not getting some, some pretty consistent work. So that's always a balance to try and rewire that, that grinding mentality. There's some other guys that are just going to be workhorses, whether it's uh, guys on our staff, pitching staff or guys on, on the position player side. Um, but for the most part, we got to try and figure out how to keep everyone engaged to, to where we're a complete group of 25 people that are contributing. Yeah, I know last year, and that's kind of in the rearview mirror, I know you were concerned about how some things went defensively. Uh, you had some young guys on the field that were trying to learn along the way. Will you try and implement anything to kind of be not necessarily reminders, but just a way for guys that can stay on track because this game is about muscle memory. Yeah, and we're adjusting our work. I mean, the, the, the work is where we feel we can, we can make that, that difference. And a lot of it is, you know, there are guys that just have to take that next step in their game. And where they were last year, they're at a different place this year. And it's time uh, that, that they, they got to be that guy now. And how do we get them the work that they need to help, you know, overcome some of those, those things that just kind of take time. So we've uh, been very diligent in figuring out how to do things a little bit differently and, and how to get each individual guy. You've seen that all spring training, Mike, where what does each individual guy need and how, how can we supply that to them? Now, getting that to them during the season and still maintaining uh, enough to compete and be fresh enough to, to be at your best is going to be a challenge, but uh, we got a pretty good pretty good plan. It's going to look different. and. That's what we've done this spring. We, we've, we've really focused on the little things, and we've seen the improvement. We've seen the improvement on the defense. Part of that is a player maturing. The other part is that we've, we've really made a focus on it. And so we still want to hit the homers, uh, but, but we still want to figure out how to do the little things right, play defense, run the bases. Uh, and our pitching, we know, should be much better than what we saw a year ago. Isn't it fun for you at this stage where you've managed enough in the big leagues where you like to push that envelope and try different things compared to sometimes the traditional things that we've seen? Some of them still work. There's no question about it. Then there are others that may not apply for what you have to work with. Yeah, and I think it's uh, it's just getting past some of the things uh, that we've done for so long and just ask yourself, okay, why? Mm-hmm. And, and is this truly the most efficient way to get the job done? I've, I had a, a couple of old school guys approach me this winter and, and challenge me about the idea of doing infield and, and outfield and say, you know, that's something that we miss in the game. And, and so, you know, we've, we've done the studies. How many repetitions do you actually get in infield and outfield? And are those very similar to what you would need to do in the game? And where's the give and take as far as time spent and how much is gained? And that's one of those things that, that we do a lot in spring training. But once the season starts, we can get almost 10 times the amount of reps in the exact same amount of time. Mm-hmm. So why not be more efficient and just kind of move away from some of that tradition 
uh, which was actually more of a showpiece than anything else. Yeah. The fans loved it at the time. <clears throat> the other team would come out and it would kind of be a competition, but it actually became counterproductive for how much work you need to do in a certain amount of time. That's just one of the examples of a lot of things, even the batting practice. I mean, how can we get just as much work maybe doing it differently, maybe in the cage or maybe doing soft toss? Is there something we can change that's just been done forever um, that will give the guys more of a benefit, whether it's physically or mechanically. And, and uh, those are the things that we're enjoying trying to figure out right now. And, of course, if we need some base running drills, the manager's more than willing to show everybody how he can do it. We watched you this spring, and I thought you were pretty good. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a great runner. Uh, uh, you know, um, in, in bringing that up, that, that is something as we make a priority, we are going to work on mm-hmm. during the season, which we haven't done. And that's something we usually tackle, and then we, we talk about it a lot, but we don't actually practice it as much because we don't want to beat the guys up, but we're going to figure out how to give and take a little bit, take away from maybe some of the extra defensive work one day, and that's going to be a day that we focus on, on base running a little bit more and working on our jumps and working on our leads. And, and, and I'm excited about the, uh, the, the idea of that little bit of a different look because then, guys, as you invest into something and you buy in, then you believe in it and you want to see the results on the backside. So uh, I'm just anxious uh, to show uh, our St. Louis fans a, a little different brand, what they're accustomed to seeing, you know, that grinder-style baseball, which our guys have played so hard, even over, even last year. But we know there's a different level of, uh, I'd just say, crispness that uh, our guys want to want to see on a daily basis, and I know our fans do too. You know, you and I had a lot of off time last year, maybe a little too much free time in October. Let's make sure we can get back to what we're, you and I are accustomed to doing, seeing each other in the clubhouse and watching guys have a good time. Yeah, you know, I think both of us enjoy watching the Blues, but uh, I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd rather have to, like to watch the uh, the version from uh, early November through the rest of the season. So um, we're anxious, we're anxious to get after it. and. Uh, we, we do feel like it was a, a long off season and it felt really odd not to be playing in October. And that's something I know our fans missed and can't even begin to explain uh, how that felt in our clubhouse and can't wait to get after it and get back there. Looking for a great private event space for an upcoming meeting or party? Cardinals Nation inside Ballpark Village is open seven days a week and has a variety of perfect spaces for groups of all sizes. For more information, visit cardinalsnation.com slash events. Matt Adams next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Amarant on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Well, Matt Adams, it has been a very interesting spring training for a lot of players, you included. Everybody's talking about the weight loss, the movement of the hands. How are you feeling right now, now that you've had a chance to implement all those things that have changed since last season? I feel great. You know, I, like it's no secret I started out slow. Um, had to make a few adjustments with uh, my stance and everything. Um, but uh, got got it where I needed to be and um, you know it's a huge uh, huge thanks to Mabes and Billy um, you know they're good with what they what they teach and um, how they present it so it's it's something that that I bought into and um, seems to be working you know it's interesting you talk about the, the stance and positioning you can see a lot of balls in BP through the machine in the winter but it's nothing like seeing a live pitching where you can actually make those adjustments yeah, it's all. I think it's all about timing. You mm-hmm. can you can get your timing down for batting practice and um, you know cage work and all that, but um, you know live pitching in a game is totally different. So I, I knew that I needed to, to make a couple adjustments and um, get my timing where it needed to be, and I feel like I did a pretty good job of that so far. And for you, one I've noticed, you have your own strike zone where you're going to swing at pitches that 
you're going to swing at that you know you can handle compared to chasing things. And it seems like you're a lot more disciplined. Yeah, I, th- I feel like, you know, if I get into a good hitting position um, on time, I'm going to see the ball a lot better. Uh, better. So it's uh, it's going to be way uh, – it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, the, the spring training uh, translates to the season. But where I'm at right now, I'm pretty happy with it. Let's talk a little bit about the outfield. I mean, you're a good athlete, and I think that the fact that just because you've played first base doesn't mean you can't play other positions, and versatility in this game is so important. How's that adjustment been? Oh, it's been great, you know. Got a um, few innings under my belt out there. Uh, four, four or five yesterday in the big league game. Then I got six in the back in the backfield game the other day. So uh, it's been great. You know, I, I'm I'm having fun with it. Uh, you know, happy for the opportunity. I, I know it's going to be a challenge. You know, learning a new position, but got a lot of great people around me that, that know the position. Have you ever been out there before? Maybe besides, little league. Besides uh, batting practice, no. <laughs> but uh, no, well, I'm I'm going to give it a shot and. Um, see how it goes it's, it's got to be fun though because i'm sure you played somewhere whether it's little league minor leagues there's always been that one guy you say well i hope they don't hit it to him now you might be that guy or at least you might say to yourself you want to have them hit it to you but but it's a different situation yeah it's uh you know it's it's different you know it's a different view of the game and um different view of the the way the ball comes off the bat but i think uh you know just just taken uh, with practice you know practice I'm going to get better with it and um, you know the more I can get out and shag uh, during batting practice put myself in different uh, positions in the outfield and, and go from there I think I'll be in pretty good shape. Final question for you we're winding spring training down A how do you feel physically and how do you feel going into the season and B what do you think of this ball club compared to last last year? Uh, um, you know the club's in a great position. You know I feel like we we had some key additions this off season. Um, we lost a big part in, in Holly last year, but uh, you know I feel like this team's uh, ready to ready to play and and ready to compete. You know we got a 25 good guys in this clubhouse that are that are all um, pulling for each other and um, we all got the same goal in mind and that's that's let's get uh, deep into October at the end of the season and and, and I feel like. Um, you know, it's showing right now that, that we're playing good baseball together. And, you know, physically I feel great. Um, mentally I feel great. And it's just all about, um, you know, keeping the same mindset from spring training and translating it into the season. And I didn't even ask you about your base stealing this year. I know how many have you penciled in on how many bags you want this year? I don't know. I got a couple friends that are betting me that I can't uh, get four or five under my belt this year. And I got four in my career. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm going to write down eight. All righty. I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you. Get set for the season with your new Cardinals gear. On Friday, April 7th, 30,000 fans age 16 and older will receive a lightweight hooded pullover, courtesy of AT&T. Get your tickets at cardinals.com slash promotions. The great Willie McGee joins us next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. One of the great things about spring training is seeing Willie McGee because he's still in uniform. He's not shagging balls like he used to, but he's hitting fungos, and it's, it's nice to see you again. Yeah, it's nice. It's always nice to see you too, Mike. You know, we go back a long way, and uh, and, and and we got a lot of history, and we talk about a lot of the history. And uh, you know, it's just a blessing to be able to put a uniform on and be in a capacity that I enjoy, and that's teaching and uh, and learning. I know you really have a passion for teaching and working with these young players, and. We've seen some of your products get to the big leagues, and they always talk about what an impact you had on them. When did you know this is something you wanted to do? All my life, man. Uh, you know, uh, when I would go home after the big league season, I would go to the junior college. 
Uh, when I retired, I started coaching uh, softball, fast pitch softball with my daughter's teams till she aged out and coached Little League, you know, for a few years. And, you know, I still go back now and go home and, 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 and help out, you know, when I can. But, uh, you know, life is changing on that end. You know, I got grandkids now, so so I'm slowing down as far as that and transitioning into this part. And so this, this here job is falling into place right on time. And for you, uh, you're a rover, but you come down here as an instructor working with these kids, the, the, the entry-level players, kids that you got to show them how to put a uniform on. I mean, you teach them everything from day one to hopefully one day they'll be in the big leagues. Well, yeah, you, you try. You try to give them the little things. You know, you know, everybody knows about hitting. You have to be consistent. But what I like is when I go on the road, you know, going to the cities, you know, I like sitting in the dugout, you know, during the games. And it's amazing these kids come up to you. And I cut the curve, the learning curve off like that, like, Coach Willie, uh, what did you do? How did you prepare? Well, uh, I, every day I came to the park at 3 o'clock, whether I'm going good or bad, and put in my work, no matter what. And so that might, you know, where a kid might have a question about if he hits good, he's still going down there. If he don't hit, he starts questioning himself, well, maybe I shouldn't go down here as much. Well, by me telling him and some other guys, veteran guys, telling him that, yeah, we did it good or bad days and well that 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 eliminates that question in their head and that's what I love and then they ask you questions about life about everything so I think that time in the dugout is more uh, beneficial than the time I'm there for that week or four or five days on the field with them because you got coaches here that are on the field you got some good coaches here that puts in that time working with them for the whole year so I can't come in here and mess with a hitter you know, and, 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 you know, and then he goes, I'm gone that three days later. And the hitting coach there, you know, who's very good, has been working with him all year, and he's cussing me out. <laughs> what you do to yeah. you wrecked him, man. Exactly, you know. Hey, for you, um, you've been at this for a while. You're dealing with some kids. You're at that age now with some of these kids. Do they ask you, did you play? It ain't, it ain't that bad. <laughs> it ain't that bad yet. <laughs> but you'll be amazed, man. You'll be amazed. You know, even when we played, some of the youngsters come up, they don't know some of the history of, mm -hmm. uh, of certain players, you know. And, and same here. You know, these kids, I don't fault them for that, you know, because, you know, they're playing so much and they don't have time to watch the games on TV or, or you know, they don't love it as much as we did or they don't have, you know, they don't put the bubblegum cards in the spokes like Well, they have, we had more, op we didn't have that kind of options back then. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And we played baseball in the Sandlots year-round, which now they playing travel ball. And so that's, that's a big effect on how these kids are too. Like I say, I went around yesterday and I'm uh, telling you and I asked – at least 10 guys if they wanted line drives, you know, doing BP. And uh, I got a no from every one of them, you know. And it, it's, it, it, I think back, to, I just wanted to see how they're thinking. I think back to my time and, and me and Jose were laughing because, you know, a coach come out there and hit fungos, he didn't ask you. And we didn't, yeah. And, and now the kids, Jose says, the infielder is like, one more, one more. We couldn't. I was scared to do that. I, I'm a. My, he's gonna have to call it off. Yeah. I mean, but that's the. That's how bad we wanted to get better, you know. For, for you, when you watch these kids today, and granted, it's a different generation. I don't know if I necessarily fault them, but what are some of the big differences you see in commitment compared to when you were at that age? Oh, it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, but the, the commit because now the the kids all they you know they 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 know if they hit, you know. They'll get, you know, they got a chance at the big leagues, you know. Whereas back when I played, I wanted to 
on all, every way I can win. I can beat you. I can help a team. Bunting, uh, you know, just basic fundamental bunting, sacrifice, uh, you know, back control, moving the runner, all this stuff. We think we thought of, but we were taught to little stuff, you know, base running. We took it serious. We took it serious. Not that they don't hear, but they can be a little more focused if they if they really wanted to and to, and to be the best they can be. You know, we see everybody who wants to hit, but I don't see many great hitters. Yeah, well, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. These kids, you know, like I say, they they, they, they strong. You know, these yeah. kids are getting stronger, you know, and they work on it. And we have, uh, you know, we have had uh, D. May here last year, you know, in a few years. And, you know, uh, you know, all we can do is lead them to the water. You know, all you can do is lead these kids to the water and, and tell them what they need to do. And you can't be on eight fields at once, you know. Same thing with George Greer. George Greer is here now, and he's uh, uh, got a tremendous amount more experience teaching and coaching than, than any of the guys here. And, you know, he keeps it simple. And, you know, it's up to these guys to listen to what he's teaching them and apply what he's teaching them. So, you know, you can lead them to the water, but you can't, like I say, you can't make them drink. You every year you give me a kid that you say, "Hey, keep an eye on this guy." And I'll go back to Tommy Pham was a guy that you really like. You like Harrison Bader, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. And, and I like a lot of these guys here. I, you know, I don't have any favorites, but mm -hmm. just uh, as far as uh, if you ask me who I think can, when I when I when I seen Pham in Double A and I seen Harrison Bader in Double A, I said these kids can probably playing big leagues right now and hold their own. And that was because of their work ethic, one, because of their, their, their mental, uh, the way they, they approach the game mentally, and uh, their work ethic, and, and just they, they coming to get you. You know, they got bad intentions on their mind when they put on a uniform, you know. If you, <laughs> you they got bad, I always say bad intention. And you could just, it's very few guys that have that. Now that don't mean it's a lot of other guys here, several other guys here that's gonna be uh, you know, very good big league players and some great, you know, but they just don't have the makeup right now that those two guys that I've seen, mm -hmm. you know, but they, they'll get it, you know, they'll get it. I remember, this was not long ago, Tommy Pham told a story on one of the shows about discipline and how he once threw a helmet and you came up and told him, hey, you know, we don't do that. And you explained to him why. You remember that story? Oh, definitely so. Definitely so. I had heard stories about Pham, you know, and, 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 you know, some of them not good, you know, but I don't judge people off of what I hear from other people. I judge them off of what, what I, I see and what I feel. And, you know, you know, a lot of guys fail to check the background of these kids, the upbringing of these guys, not only fam, but the rest of these kids, see what they had to overcome to get here. I want to know them personally. I want to know what they had to, then that way I know how to approach them. I know I can't go to fam and challenge fam. I know I can't, you know, I know, so I have to, kind of you know get to knowing first understanding and uh, then he's going to respect me now I can go to him so I go up to him I say man we don't do that here but the, the hard thing for them is that you know in the minor leagues you know there's not coaches in the dugout manager you know during 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 yeah during and it's tough you know it's tough so uh, the hitting instructor is coaching first base um, the, the men is coaching third yeah. and then they got a fourth coach you know, but he helps during BP. Then he goes in the stands and scouts, you know, scouts our team and the other team, which is just as valuable, you know. So it's kind of tough. So these kids, you know, you have to, 
you know, that's why it's good when we're in there as rovers, you know, to tell them how to act and react in the dugout and pay attention, you know, that type of deal. And, and kids want discipline. I mean, they want to have structure. Oh, definitely so. I mean, every every kids want to be, every everybody wants to be loved. Grown up, everybody wants to be loved, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and a lot of times that, 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 that works more so than fussing and cussing. <laughs> no doubt. We're visiting with Willie McGee. Um, what are some of the things you see kids do now that maybe you didn't do and what are some of the things you think as young players who want to get to the show and obviously a lot of work has to come with it mm-hmm. what are some of the things the little things you think needs needs to be encouraged more well the, the, exactly the little things you know bunning and uh you know a little uh, uh defense base running you know and all the coaches can do, and they do it here. They push it. They push it, but these kids have to want to take it. If you told us something back in the day, you know, say, for instance, like I told a kid, hey, every time you get on base, look around, check your defense. They just have to tell us one time, mm-hmm. you know, one time, because I don't want to get to the big leagues. And like Ozzy told me one time in the World Series, you know, 82, he said, hey, this is what they're going to remember you by, not what you did during the season. This is what you're going to be remembered by. And he's right, because now the world's looking. But the thing is that, that got get you through it is your preparation. It wasn't nothing I feared because I had practiced my bunt, I had practiced my out, I practiced my base run. So if something happened out there that, 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 that hurt team it wasn't because I wasn't prepared so it's easier for me to live with it now if I didn't study for that test that spelling test and got there and failed I can't blame nobody but myself I can't blame these coaches because they're giving me the opportunity to do this hey I want to ask you you talk about base running we don't see as much of it in the big leagues and I remember the first time you came to Cardinal Spring training and Lou Brock was there you remember that situation oh yeah oh yeah he's teaching it a little differently than maybe you learned on the ball fields because coming up, you know, you're used to just getting out there, you know, getting a, getting a lead and getting a good jump. If you get a good jump, they ain't going get, to get you. And Lou, you know, but, but uh, uh, Lou, Lou took it, he took it real deep. You know, he took it, he knew, he knew, which, which blew my mind, he knew at five steps how much time that took him, him to get there. He knew at ten steps. So Lou had a tape measure out there showing us this. And I'm like standing there like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> but who can question Lou Brock? Mm-hmm. You know, this guy stole, what, over 900 base, 1,000 bases? Who can question that, you know? And you watch his jumps and you watch how he ran them. And this, this, he, he took it to school. He took it to a school level and, and, and eliminated a lot of the – you know, in his in his career, eliminated a lot of the don'ts and, and do's, mm-hmm. and uh, and took it to it, made it a science. You know, and uh, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I, I figured, but that's my style yeah. of hitting and everything. I try to keep it as simple as possible. I can't have a lot of stuff going on. So I'm saying to myself, dang, I just if I get out there and get a jump, it's on. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> so I have guys laughing, but uh, I got all the respect in the world for Lou Brock, man, and. And uh, what he's accomplished, you know, which is great. And uh, so I want to know how he did it, and that's how he did it. But I couldn't apply that aspect to my game because it has me thinking too much. But some of the stuff that he he says, you know, like he, you know, some guys look at the heels. He Lou looked at the crease in the pants. If that that was his jump, mm-hmm. that's stuff I want to know. I can try it. It might not work for me. But it's just another he, option. It's another option. Leads, you know. How did you get your lead? Lou, Lou jab step when he took off. I couldn't do that. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I tried it. 
but I, I couldn't get comfortable with it. But uh, all the knowledge, you know, and it's good to, to have all that because now what I can do is tell these kids, you know, give them options. I can give them something. Well, Lou looked at this, you know, Lou Jab stepped up. Mm -hmm. You know, such and such did it this way. So they, so they have options. How many times do kids come up and talk to you compared to when you were in the dugout or on the field? Because, you know, there's a lot of great players who used to play that are around here. And I know Mike Matheny encourages some of the guys that talked about guys who played. But how many of the kids come up to you, especially when you're on the road like that? Well, the, the, the minor league guys a lot, man. I mean, it's, 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 that's why I say I like sitting in the dugout, you know. Now, each year they get a little more comfortable, and they come up and they ask you, you know, they, they, they ask you a lot of different, like, preparation, like, uh, well, Willie, did you see that? What do you see? How do you think with two strikes? How do you, what do you, you know, uh, did you like hitting the first pitch? Did you like, so I, but I have to be careful, you know. I have to really be careful and let them know, but this is me. I'm a different type hitter. Oh, yeah. You know, my style of hitting, I can't think, I don't want to hit 3-0. I don't like hitting 3-0 because I've already got in my mind that this ball is going to be right down the middle. And before I know it, the ball is up here and I'm swinging at it. So I let them know that this is the type of hitter I was, you know. But fundamentals, like keeping your head on the ball. I can, you know, that's universal. Certain things are universal, so that's the approach I try to you know, talk to the hitting instructor there, talk to George Greer, call George before, if a kid asks me something, I call George, I'll go talk to the hitting instructor before I say something, hey, this is what this kid, what are you teaching him, what do you want me to tell him, you know, to so it won't, you know, get, get, um, well, get the kids confused, confused. Yeah. right, you know, exactly, stuff, so I always go through because, like I say, I'm there for a week, and I know when I play, and also as co from coaching, I try to think about the coaches I liked, the things I liked, how they approached me, mm -hmm. and I try to eliminate the guys I didn't like, you know, that cussed and fussed and hollered at me if I made a mistake right. at, in rookie ball, you know, if I made a mistake in rookie ball instead of teaching me, why are you going to holler at me, man? Teach me how to do it right then, you know. But that, all that told me if they hollered at me and, you know, and fussing, they thinking more about winning Instead of teaching. Instead of teaching. Let's talk about the 87 team. This is the 30th anniversary of that team. And, and it seems like it was yesterday that you guys were in that World Series. Tell me about that season. When did you know you had a good ball club? Oh, well, early on. I mean, you know, because we, we had pretty much some of the guys we had from 85, you know, a couple guys. And most of the guys we had, the nucleus we had had together for a while. So then you start bringing in, you know, new, new, new guys to fill in certain roles. But you always had Tommy, you always had Ozzy, you know, you always had certain guys that were actually like coaches on the field and, and been there and, and leaders. You know, I led, but I led by going out there, busting my butt and, and, and getting there early, working hard. I didn't, I, not by my mouth. I can't lead, you know, you ain't going to hear me talking much you know but you're gonna see the way I run that ground ball out you're gonna see me take that extra bait you're gonna see me get to that ball stop you know I play to win but I play to win my way you know it's like I try to tell these guys here you know I'm gonna eliminate every way that I can lose a game you know so just like like I told them today base running wise you know keep your eye on the ball until that catcher that pitcher that catcher throws it to the pitcher and he catches it now I I, I pick relax, up because yeah. he might it might be one time and it might be the biggest game of your life, and if you don't have that habit of of going back to the bag, watching that throw from the catcher to the pitcher, 
you know, you're going to get caught like Yachty did the young man uh, Profar in the World Base. That can, that can just think if that was the ninth inning and it's two outs and he's the tying run or winning run. Boom, and he's the game over. He makes that play, and the game is over. It can happen. So now the way I can eliminate that as a young player is to practice it, never taking my eye off that ball. In any sport, you have to know what a puck is. You have to know in basketball. You run down the court, and you don't know where the ball at. Boom. You, it's going to hit you in the back of the head. As long as I know where the ball at, I'm in the game. You play for probably the perfect manager for you and Whitey Herzog. When you think about the 87 season, was there anything he did particularly that really brought the team together or really put you guys on course to win? Well, no, we, you know, there's always transitions during the season where, um, you know, you have to have a meeting and discuss things and get everything out, mm -hmm. you know, as players, you know, whether it's with the coaches, differences, whether it's with another player. But you have meetings and you can at, at certain certain uh, points in the season that turn the season around or get everybody focused on the right track. And in life, whether it's marriage, whether it's regular life, uh, uh, coaching, teaching, communication is the key. If you communicate, then everybody knows where everybody is and how everybody feels and where you stand. Then you can go on and, 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 and go about your job and go about your business. And that's one thing, you know, we always had with Whitey. You know, we, we uh, <clears throat> you know, like I say, he kept it simple. He had a couple rules, you know, be on time, eliminate the mental mistakes, but be aggressive. Hmm. You know, he never took that away from you. So with Whitey, it felt like Little League. You know, you get out there, you can hit, run, and play. You know, we have a couple plays. He never, You know, he didn't hit and run too much. You know, Ozzy would put a hit and run on. You know, uh, Okendo would put a hit and run on in some cases. You know, these guys, you know, that type of deal. So we pretty much coached ourselves. But basically, we just played the game. A security update next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. Phil Melcher, the Director of Security for the St. Louis Cardinals, joins us fresh off of spring training and getting ready for the season to get underway on Sunday. Phil, how are you? Uh, great, Chris. Thanks. And thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being with us. We are so excited about the season and wanted to educate fans on some updated security measures for Bush Stadium in 2017. Let's begin with food and drink. Still permitted, but a couple of stipulations. Why don't you tell us a little bit about those? Well, all the uh, the the only outside drinks that'll be allowed will be the non-alcoholic, and those will only be in clear pa clear plastic and factory sealed containers. Can't be any larger than two liters. Um, and unfortunately, there's no and none of the outside cups, mugs, or thermoses are, are going to be allowed. So, if you're bringing in like a McDonald's cup or uh, or a, a Tervis mug, those won't be allowed. Still good with uh, the same food, though, that we're used to bringing into the ballpark? Absolutely. Yep. All right, no let's, talk, let's talk about some of the bags. Backpacks now prohibited, right? What can we bring in? What kind of bags can we bring into Bush Stadium? So uh, smaller duffel bags, totes, cinch bags, and purses no larger than uh, 16 by 16 by 8 inches are permitted. Um, and it's mostly because of the, uh, the multi-zippered backpacks uh, create real delays in the lines as far as inspection and slow down people getting into the stadium. Plus, uh, you know, for the, uh, for the less uh, friendly people that might uh, sneak something in that they're not supposed to have, that, those are usually what facilitates it. 
and you cannot bring an ice pack, so don't try to bring an ice pack into one of those bags. You mentioned the security lines, Phil. Uh, what are some things people can do as they're getting to the ballpark to make sure that everyone is getting in as quickly and efficiently, especially uh, this weekend and early in the season as possible? Sure. Well, it's it's always a good idea that as you're getting ready to come up to the line, if you have everything that's metal out of your pockets, anything like eyeglass cases, uh, uh, money clips, keys, things of that nature, um, that are all. Uh, Cell phone already out of your pocket and ready to drop into the into the little into the little basket. This way, when you go through the metal detector, you don't have to go through a secondary screening with a handheld uh, metal detector, and you just go right through it. Phil, is there anything else about some of the new security measures that folks should know, or anything that you think we should get a refresher on as we get ready for the start of the season? No, I think uh, what we've covered is pretty much it. I mean, we're doing some things behind the scenes to make sure that our fans are safer and that they're enjoying a great Cardinals baseball experience. But other than that, these are the these are the main things they're going to see. Wonderful. And you can always uh, find out more about Bush Stadium and the updated security measures at cardinals.com slash security. Phil, look forward to seeing the ballpark on Sunday. Thank you so much for the time. All righty. Thank you very much, Chris. Join Arf and Tony LaRussa at Bush Stadium for an unforgettable evening at Wine and Whiskers, rescheduled for Saturday, April 1st. A wine and food fundraiser at the Redbird Club, reserved now at arflife.org. Back to wrap up this edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Well, believe it or not, that will do it for this year of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. We look forward to talking to you on Sunday night for baseball, the Cardinals and the Cubs, right here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Thank you to all of our guests, not just tonight, but all season long. We loved bringing you conversations with the current Cardinals, the coaching staff, the legends, and of course, Mike Shannon, John Rooney, and Rick Horton. A big thanks to Tom Ackerman, who helped us out down in Florida. Thank you to Mike Claiborne, my co-host for another great year, and also Ben Boyd, our executive producer. Also, a big thank you to Ann Carroll from the St. Louis Cardinals. Without Ann's hard work, we would not be able to bring you this show. That's it for another year, and we cannot wait for the Cardinals and Cubs to open on Sunday night. Until then, Chris Rabbi saying this has been Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network.